Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I've come from one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my partner in crime, the other half of the dynamic duo of Twitch, Nitro. What's up, guys and gentlemen, ladies? You know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Guys and gentlemen, that's sweet spot. I'm just trying Someone to be inclusive. Has okay? your transmission. Thank you so much for that host ads. Completely appreciate it. Thank Hello you. to them. Hello to Co-op Trio. Good to see you, Watson. Thank you for stopping by. And welcome to our Indie Comic Book Club for the month of December. We, of course, are not doing our usual chat today. We are looking at the Indie Comic Book Club where Nitro and myself will be talking about Usagi Yojimbo. Um, amazing book that I cannot wait to talk about. Probably the oldest title we've talked about because this original one released in, what, 87? So this is probably the... Yeah. You know, it's like so. It was like this is like one of the oldest ones we've talked about, um, but definitely one of the funnest reads I've had. So I'm looking forward to delving into that. Yeah, dude, this was a lot of fun, man. Before we delve into that, though, because like, okay, we're starting right, early. I correct. Hold up, I corrected you in public, and I was incorrect. I apologize. You were right. It was eighty-seven. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, today we're starting earlier because uh, my son's birthday was during this week and we were doing a party thing for him today so I can try and get off a little bit earlier. So I thought we'll start this and we'll jump straight in to talking about the book and we'll hit it hard. And then of course, like this week, nothing happened but stuff that we need to talk about. Like a certain someone possibly showing up in Hawkeye and making his MCU debut, return, whatever you want to look at it as. What in what in the world are you talking about, Cross? I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I've if that anything of the sort. And if that wasn't enough this week, into the Spider Verse sequel dropped a trailer yesterday. I did not get a chance to actually watch that, so I am it, like kicking myself right now. It is phenomenal, and I will say I don't know if you've seen the post and stuff for it. If you've not seen the trailer, there's a pictures everywhere. Uh huh. It's a part one of a part two. We are getting I a Miles Morales that. trilogy. So this is going to be the I second movie that. in the trilogy, but the first of a two-parter of him delving into the multiverse himself. And from the looks of it, it picks up right where the last one left off, uh, off of the the portal opening. Yeah. And him hearing Gwen's voice and she drops out of it. And that's where it picks up from. And we literally pick up where we left off. Dude, I did hear something about possibly the, the so the voice actor from the '90s Spider-Man cartoon and that Spider-Man being in it. Yeah, uh, those so all the Spider-Mans from all the animated Spider-Mans that we've seen over the years of our childhood, um, I've heard are at least going to play somewhat of a part in it. So. Yeah, there's been lots of rumors of Spider-Man that are going to show up like that, like the animated Spider-Man. There was. Uh... Uh, oh, I see their ads. I dropped a comic in the indie section on the Discord. Worth checking out. Absolutely. Oh, sweet. And um, so apparently they're all going to show up. And then Good also luck. there've been rumors as well of like the Japanese Spider-Man possibly making an appearance. You know, the one that's nice. got his own Megazord and stuff, and different oh, stuff yeah. like this. There's been all these sorts of rumors. Uh, obviously, we're getting twenty ninety nine Spider-Man showing up, and who Oscar Isaac, who gets right. into a fight with Miles during really? the trailer. The two of them look I'm, like they're having a are having a fight and it's like what's going on because we're not explained anything that's happening Gwen just kind of shows up again and okay I, I literally want to watch it like right now um <laughs> like it's 
it's insane and that's going to be coming out um i think it's october 2022 they stated was the release date for it so next year we are getting a sequel to what is probably the best spider-man movie that has ever been made so good um so i'm like i I, i'm all for whatever they do with this as long as they keep doing it and you may want to disable the stream element shout out command oh stream elements is running as well see that's because i've been messing with stream elements and trying to like get stuff over there uh, to get us off of Streamlabs. We're trying, man. We're trying. Um, I was trying. I was worried that this was going to happen. Did it mute it? Did it unmute it? It's not unmuted. It's not popping up. But like in the chat box, like those stream elements commands are like going off. Oh yeah, I see that. So give me one sec to that. But yeah, so we're going to be getting that. So why don't you tell them about the the appearance that we might have gotten in Hawkeye while I try and so, make this yeah, work. So- Potential spoilers ahead, if, if you've been living under a rock for the past couple weeks, uh, for Hawkeye, spoilers, Hawkeye, if you don't want to know. Alright, so, the rumor is that none other than Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin is going to appear at some point in the Hawkeye series. So, uh, episode three opens up with uh forgot the character's name but her her superhero name is echo mm-hmm. uh, basically her 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 introduction to the mcu and uh, it shows her at a karate type tournament like a i think like a belt tournament and her dad's talking to her and he says you know your uncle's gonna take you home after after practice blah 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 and then he gets up and right behind him is just an imposing man in a very crisp crisp black suit who reaches down touches her face and laughs strikingly similar to the tonality of mr vincent d'onofrio and if you did not know in the comics i think um kingpin is very closely tied to echo in fact i think he helped raise her or he's a she's his adopted daughter i believe in the comics if i'm not mistaken right cross yeah, something like that. I don't yeah. entirely know that much about Echo, but I think it's some sort of connection like that. Well, right. Also in the comics in um in the Hawkeye run by um David David, what's the last name? Anyways, Matt Traction Matt Traction, I believe, and David I can't remember the last name. Anyways, Kingpin is a vital part of that story and especially around that auction that happened in in, in episode two. But yeah, man. Kingpin is possibly coming. Which is, just, which is just amazing. Like, I'm all for it. So, which right. means, which means, if Vincent comes in, he's going to kick the door wide open for Mr. Charlie Cox. Well, that's Mr. it. It's like. Burnthal, all them. Well, the thing is, when you take in, like, this with, um, like, with Vincent D'Onofrio possibly coming in as Kingpin. Okay, I've turned all those off, so hopefully we shouldn't be getting double things. Thank you, nice. Whit, Whit, for the lurk. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, but when you mix those rumours of him possibly being there with all the rumours of Matt Murdock showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home and Charlie mm-hmm. Cox possibly playing that um, again, we've had no confirmation on that yet so don't hold that to anything at the moment but like, it's just it's really intriguing of like they may actually be pushing this because it seems like a yeah. really viable option because Marvel owns I, the rights to Daredevil again uh, Vincent D'Onofrio has done nothing but talk about playing Kingpin again ever since the show ended he's been he, all he for it literally i don't want to say he was the best part of that show but he was a key reason excuse me it's hard to argue that he isn't though 
Like, don't get me wrong, that's not downplaying the rest of the Daredevil show and everyone else that appeared there. They're all amazing. Yeah. But he was one of the elements to come back to. And honestly, yeah. probably one of the reasons that season two was probably the lesser of the three seasons, I feel. Mm. Because the focus was on the hand and not on him facing Kingpin, whereas you've got Matt Murdock versus Kingpin for season one and season Everybody three. Everybody points to that fight, the last fight at the end of a season. Is it season three, right? End of season uh -huh. three. Oh, he just beat the what a, out of Kingpin. What a fight. <laughs> a Kingpin gives as good as he gets as well. That's he the does. thing. Well, and the thing is, like, that's that's a parallel to a fight that they had previously when Matt visited him in prison. Remember, mm -hmm. and he just beat the brakes off of Matt Murdock because he knew he was he knew he was the daredevil. Like the two of them but, just like lay into each other. And I'm, like, I'm I'm all for this. Like, it's I just the way that they the way that they formed Kingpin as a character in Daredevil, and they made him sympathetic to a point. Obviously, he's still a lunatic, but they made him sympathetic, and you understand where you understood where he was coming from, and oh man, it was so good. Yeah, and I'm they did so that. I'm that he's coming back. They did an amazing job with it, and I am absolutely hyped for him possible. Like, I don't need to see him for the rest of the season. Like, I just need to see his face, like, at the very end of the last episode to yeah. confirm that it's him. That's all yeah. I need is one appearance just to know he's back. I need to see him sever somebody's head in a car door at least once um, during the series. One of those brutal <laughs> moments of that season, and really the when that happened, I was Kingpin. like holy word i was like yeah this this dude's for real this dude is not playing <laughs> yeah yeah but I'm, I'm super pumped man um i i have a feeling that daredevil is going to be in spider-man i don't know part of me is telling me that it's 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 going to happen he's going to be in it well i was talking to you about this like i'm um, following the last far from home just before we came on stream there i was like my thing is like if if we do get like toby Maguire and andrew garfield that's still going to be three on six for the final fight yeah in that final fight, I honestly think we're going to see Miles Morales show up in live action from another universe, and I think we're going to get Tom Hardy's Venom, and I think they're both going to show up as part of the team to take on the Sinister Six, and there's one spot left. Wouldn't it be cool if that was Daredevil? Dude, that'd be sweet. Dude, how, how baller would that be of a move from Sony to put all those characters in, in one movie? But they can Dude, get away with it because they're doing the multiverse thing now, and they already yeah. hinted at it at the end of Venom. Literally, the the plate is empty. They could do whatever they want now that the multi multiverse is a thing. Yeah, like this is the chance, and that's a, that's my thing though. I'm like, if they do that with Spider Man and open it up, I'm like, where do we go from here? Like, how much bigger are we going to get? That's like in game level like stuff. Yeah, like, like I the end, scene, the end fight of in game level stuff. And yeah, if you guys want to know what we think about Spider-Man No Way Home, make sure to join us two weeks' time. We are going to be yes. seeing it that Saturday together, and then we are going to be talking about it all full spoilers we are going on our on a last date. show. Our last, we're, yeah, going, we are, we're going on a date we're going on, on a Saturday date. the 18th at 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get dressed up all pretty. Nitro finally Nitro bought the tickets and is taking me out. It's finally. I got my Spider-Man bow tie. It's, I mean, it's going to happen. You know, finally, man. I get to dress up and look all fancy. I'll put my kilt on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you know, since I'm true Scottish heritage, I'll put my kilt on as well. So, <laughs> lunch date, nice. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Like he's not saying anything about buying me lunch yet, but you know, I can hope. No, I'm not buying you lunch. I pay for your own stuff. <laughs> well, the romance just died in that moment, didn't it? The romance is gone now. Yeah. Honeymoon's over. Well, now you know who I truly am. So. Honeymoon's over. Two years in, finally know who he really is. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah like, uh, my my wife and I are going Friday night, and then Cross and I are going on Saturday. So I'm yeah, he's going Friday night. I can't go Friday night because I work Friday night, so I'm gonna go Saturday morning. Going Dutch. That's right, Dutch. <laughs> but yeah, we are. I am so hyped to talk about this movie when it comes out. So I am looking forward to that, and that will be our yeah. last podcast for not only the year but until the start of February. So it's like so shout out for that just for anyone who hasn't heard the news we are taking the whole month of january off so that will be the Tahiti. yep that will be the last chance to catch our podcast until the first week we will be be back at the beginning of february that first sunday in february we will be back 100 (laughs) percent 24 hour stomach bug that day (laughs) probably like look seriously even for doing it in the saturday i work saturday nights so like even for doing that i'm kind of like i could take saturday off I can, I can just, I can just take <laughs> just it off. Just do it, man. Just do it. You know, I can call in sick. That'd be fine. Um, <laughs> well, now that it's out there, I forget. He didn't say it. that. Just joking. Yeah, you could probably carry us into some just gaming normally because we won't be doing any stuff for this. I mean, we're working on stuff behind the scenes, obviously, but we won't be streaming yeah. at all. And I've made, I, I've literally stood out as an, made an executive decision on that for comics and the crows that we're all stopping myself, Nitro, and Jay. Like I'm cutting all streams because I think we've been all three of us have been pushing it really hard at the end of the year and I think honestly we just need a break Yeah, we just need a break to go and refresh and just relax and come back and hit it stronger in February yeah. and and I think the, the end of the year is a good chance to pull that off and to wrap up and to wrap up with something like Spider-Man No Way Home I think is a spot on that's idea that's going to be awesome man that's, that's going to be so cool dude. I think that's a good place to wrap it up for the year and then we'll come back fresh in February so I all right, so back to your theory real quick. I know I, I just want to talk about Spider-Man real quick. Really? So you talk, you talk about Spider-Man? Never. Back to your theory. So if they don't, if Miles doesn't play a huge part, I don't necessarily agree with you. I don't know if they're going to introduce Miles in this movie or if he's going to play a part in this movie. Let me let me put it that way. If they don't introduce him in this movie, though, I feel like the next Spider-Man movie is going to be mostly him or at least half and half. Yeah. Peter Parker, Miles Morales. Well, we were talking uh, about that. Like they've already set the the uh, the opening for that because they introduced his uncle. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. Know? In Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, in Homecoming we and, saw. Like, he was, it wasn't a small cameo. It was a pretty big. Like he was in two different scenes. Yeah, he was in two was, like, scenes. And it's like his character name was was mentioned. It's the guy that Donald Glover played, and it's like, and that is the guy who becomes the Prowler and yeah, yeah. Aaron's uncle. Aaron Davis, right? Is that it? Yeah, Aaron Davis, I think yeah. it is. Um, so the doors open there. If they want to take that path or not, it could just be a nice little hint to the comics, or it could be he an. He even mentioned his nephew. He even yeah. mentioned his nephew, and like, come on, man. Like, yeah, they're gonna like, introduce him. It's just a matter of when. And I, 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 again, I, I think they might introduce him in this movie. I don't know if he's gonna play a big part though, but he definitely will play a big part in the next one. I think. Yeah, I think we're gonna see something toward heading towards Miles. If not in this movie, definitely the next one. It would be awesome if if Venom was in this movie though I think he might be like because they hinted at the end of Venom 2 they hinted the whole multiverse thing um, in the end credit trailer so uh, the end credit scene so I'm like I'm very much wondering if we're going to see that and it's yeah. something that Sony's been really wanting to do for a while is cross him over and I'm like well here's your chance to do the crossover here's your chance for him to meet Tom Holland Spider-Man yeah. and then here's your chance to put the toys back in the toy box at the end of it all yes and here's your chance to like fix your screwed up origin to your awful Venom movie. There we go. Uh, this is not the real Venom. This is the Venom from <laughs> from somewhere else. But he's gonna be our Venom from now on. All right. 
No, absolutely. Locke's saying there, like, we've seen the international clip where apparently Lizard gets socked um, by somebody, and I was like, very much that could possibly be Miles from the clip, and I'm like, I'd be up for it, you know? You know, I'll be straight up, I'll be straight up. If, if it is Venom in the movie instead of, like, an Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire... I'll be slightly disappointed, but I will. I'll still be jacked because that is awesome. Like I'll be hyped to see him in the fight. Don't get me wrong; it's definitely a step down from the other Spider-Man. Yes, yes. But but it's not a bad get. Like that's the thing. I think we've gotten so hyped over the fact of like we could get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield that that the hype has been lost just on who the villains are that are showing up. Like I don't think they get enough hype of the fact of like we're getting the Sam Raimi Doc Ock. We're getting Sam Raimi's Green Goblin. We're getting. Yeah. The Mark Webb Electro, we're getting, you know, Sandman's back and Lizard's back. Like, I don't think there's enough yep. hype around the fact that all these villains are back. Green Goblin, man. He's got his hood and everything. Yeah, like, it's the, it's the Green Goblin suit, which I don't care what anyone says, I love that suit. I'm not a fan of it, but I, I, mean, I, I love that. Like it. I like that suit, and, like, one of my favourite <clears throat> parts of was it the Spider-Man game that came out for that was eventually you got the chance to play as Green Goblin. Nice. Like in that suit and everything, and it was so random, but it was so cool. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot around this, so I, I honestly can't wait to talk about this more and to delve yeah, into it. It's gonna be awesome, man. But yeah, I think that's kind of it for the major news points. Where like the yeah, the Spider Verse sequel, and then obviously Kingpin. How um, are you enjoying Hawkeye? By the way, I am loving Hawkeye. I am yeah. loving this show so much. Like that's sick. I, I was I was sold like first episode I was intrigued I was saying this with Caleb last week first episode had me intrigued by the second episode I was hooked yeah I remember I watched it when I went to my mom's for Thanksgiving and I was downstairs by myself and I was like you know what? I'm gonna watch Hawkeye and I popped it on and like you said the first episode I'm like this I like this first, I like this this is a really cool feel, feel first like. episode I got really worried that they were going to do a Captain Marvel with Kate Bishop and she was going to be like the that new archetype that all these movies seem to do of the the strong, perfect female who's like there's got no flaws to her, but yeah. doesn't have Ray? a personality. What? Sorry. Yeah, but doesn't have a personality like Captain Marvel, Ray. You know, it's yeah. like Mulan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mulan. Yeah, you literally like... had to write a character out of that one. She had a personality before, you know. It's like I I was worried they were going to do that, and then Hawkeye was going to go from being this former Shield agent, this badass as Ronan be a buffoon and become this bumbling oaf and thankfully they didn't do that they set them yeah. up perfectly they went into the second episode and it was perfect she's capable but he's like showing his skill as well he's taking her under his wing and all this stuff yeah. and like yeah it's it, it was perfectly done yeah this at the second episode i'm like this is probably one of my favorite uh favorite shows so far yeah i am thoroughly enjoying the hawkeye show i cannot wait to see where they go with it i'm intrigued to see how much of the matt fraction run they actually take his influence for it and how much it goes its own way because obviously it's the mcu so they've got their own direction to go as well like and how it's going to set up stuff going forward for the yeah. mcu as a whole and for them so like with all that stuff like yeah i'm so spoiler alert i know I'm, we're kind of going over but spoiler alert did you see that there was a there was a clip or there was a yeah there was a montage of clips from Hawkeye, and they showed a really quick shot of someone in like Splinter Cell type gear, like night vision goggles, mm. and people are saying that's a, a Helena from Black Widow. Mm. So, remember, remember that? Yeah, that's right. I, on Black Widow, right? I keep remembering that, and I keep forgetting that she's meant to be showing mm. up at some point as well. But I'm like, that's right, she's yeah. meant to be coming into it. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. 
But anyway, we are well over our time talking about news, so let's um, switch gears, jump over to talking about our book for today, because I want to get as much time talking about this and delving into this before I need to sign off, because I have got a boy's birthday party to go to. I mean, <laughs> I don't have to... Every family first, man. I mean, I don't have to go far, I'm, I just need to go downstairs, but... <laughs> But yeah, we are doing our Indie Comic Book Club to wrap up the year. Um, Christmas is one of our major times for doing this. Last year, you may remember, we did Claus, um, talking about the origin story of Santa Claus, which that is now my Santa Claus in my head now. You can never change Dude, my mind. Such a beast. Man. Even I've seen Santa Claus slay a Krampus with a sword, it's like, I, yeah. I um, didn't know I needed that, but now I, now I, I know that I need that in my life. Then you see it and you're like, yeah, that's, this is a thing I need. I, it has to be. Um, but for this year, like I was looking at other Christmas books and I was trying to find other Christmas and there's, there's not a lot, to be completely honest with you. There's really not a lot. Um, so I thought... No, what better than a Christmas book then? Well, the whole theme for this one was I know Nitro's got a love for uh, martial arts and for samurai and for like the old um, Japanese samurai movies and that sort of stuff. He's got a little bit of a heart for those. Um, and this is also a book I've never looked at. I've never looked into Usagi Yujimbo. My background of knowing about this character literally comes from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and his appearances with them and the action figure that they brought out, which was so cool. I wish I still had it. It, it was, was awesome. Um, so I thought, well, this is going to be the Christmas-themed one because I'm going to do a book that... Because usually I pick a book I think would be quite cool to cover because I'm further into the indie stuff than um, Nitro is mm-hmm. and it's usually about me introducing him to a book that I think is cool or help having him check out a book with me um, but for this one I wanted to do one that was 100% up Nitro's alley 100% something he was going to love and give it to him as a gift um, so he's actually holding his Christmas present for me right now, I got him Yusagi Yujimbo um, for it uh, you will notice the ones that we got we tried to go with the original ones it has been re-released by IDW publishing and slightly bigger volumes that are more typical graphic novel size um, but I went with the original one not realising it was smaller um, but this is like one of the first runs from Stan Sakai which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing and butchering horribly how dare you um, Yeah, I know, and I know we kind of talked a little bit about this before we came on but that is the literally i think the only complaint that i have about this book it's like i feel like the book really excels when the art is given room to breathe and a lot of some of it feels kind of cramped mm-hmm. which i get you know i get because of the time frame when it was done and all that stuff but uh, i would really like to get my hands on uh, the the re-release to see how how that how that alters it the feel yeah of it. so it is much smaller and it is also black and white it's in its original black and white styling they have done some re-releases with colours to it, but it is a black and white book, uh, which doesn't detract from it at all. By the no. way, which don't get me wrong, because like I know colour can, especially for me, can like make or break a book sometimes. And um, but like it doesn't detract from the story at all, from the feeling after of it. The, at yeah, all. after the first few pages, honestly, you don't even notice. Oh yeah, you just you go into the, you know, you just delve into it and you get lost in the story. It's such a good story. Yeah, it really um, is. <clears throat> it's an absolutely phenomenal story. I. I thoroughly enjoyed this book personally, but what did you think of it? What were your takes of it? And what what what's your background with Usagi Yujimbo? Do you know anything about it? Did you know so it from like me or like? And what was your thought when I first told you about the book and when I first said this is what we're doing for December? Because I'm intrigued to see so your I, side of it. 
Yeah, so I grew up with the Ninja Turtles. Uh, I remember Usagi from back in the day. I don't remember a lot of him, um, but I grew up with the Ninja Turtles. I love the Ninja Turtles. But I, again, I didn't know anything about Usagi until you mentioned this book on one of our streams, mm-hmm. and I looked at the cover, and like I know we've shown this cover a couple times, but the second I saw this cover, I was like, dude, this looks sweet. This looks sweet. And Cross is right. Like I, I grew up with Kung Fu Flicks. And again, Kung Fu Flicks is just a generalized term that I use to talk about all different martial arts type movies. But I love samurai movies, uh, all that stuff. So um, the Kurosawa movies, all those old school movies as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've never read like a samurai type graphic novel before. I've never really read anything samurai, you know, at, at all. Um, so this, I thought this book was really, really good. I thought it was really cool. It was a fun read. I didn't expect it to be fun, but it was really fun. It was just a really easy read. Yeah. Um, and it, it like it pulled out what I really like about the that type of subject, like the samurai kung fu. You know, it's talking about honor and swordplay. How swordplay is an art, and how the Japanese people approach specific things with a purpose, and they're very meticulous about the way that they do things. Um, and the landscape and the ink. So the inking is this inking in this uh, in this graphic novel is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know I said like the one gripe I, I might have is that the art feels like it's bunched up sometimes. Like some of it, some of it can feel like it's a little bunched up. And for me, like visually, it's it can be a little hard to follow. Not as bad as the other comic that we did, which mm-hmm. was like all over the place with the with the panels. Like as far oh. as the flow of the work yeah that yeah not not like that by any stretch of the imagination but like this is what i'm talking about when it's actually given room to breathe yeah i mean look at that that's i mean look at that that's just him walking and it's 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 such a stunning piece it's and and so the book one is split into 10 sections yeah it's like it's it's, it's almost like a chapter book in that sense it's like 10 chapters but they do all yeah. like tie in and relate to each other, which was interesting. It's like ten separate stories, but it is like a continuation as well. Yeah, is it, it there's, so there's an overarching story, but like within the within those ten chapters, there's like it's like a side quest. It's almost like a video game. Like there's side quests that he goes on. Some are humorous, some are serious, some are like surprisingly emotional. <laughs> yeah, like when he visits some people from his past. Yeah, that um, was a, oh, that was a heartbreaking chapter. That one when he goes back yeah. to his hometown, like that's that was really heartbreaking. But like I love, Usagi is hilarious. So like he's he's like brash, and he's grumpy, but he's still honorable, and he's funny. Like some of the times that he's talking to like especially women, <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, calm down. But like you know he always he always tries to do the honorable thing, you know, Bushido, and uh, he's like he's a freaking beast uh, with a sword. Uh, and he I is literally they... the antagonist, like the protagonist from one of the old Japanese movies, like one of these old samurai movies. Like my friend yeah. Callum back in Scotland um, was massive into Japanese stuff and massive into the old martial arts movies and yeah, had, yeah. A, had a massive sword collection and all that and trained in oh, sword nice. fighting and stuff. Um, and yeah, so he, sweet. so he introduced me to a lot of that stuff, kind of in my teen years. Um, and reading this was like literally like sitting down to watch one of those movies, like one of those yep. old school movies, just the Ronin traveling. Yeah. It's like, a, yes, anthropomorphic animals. Yes, he's a rabbit. Yes, it's all that stuff. But like, beyond that, this this is definitely like an old school Japanese film. 
I honestly felt, and even this, even the styles are really interesting together because it's drawn in a way that resembles more like a cartoon strip from the old yes. school like newspapers. Yeah, exactly. But people, and that's not normally my bag. But people are full blown like cut in half, and heads yeah. are taken off during this. Like, there's... but the thing is, like, and I don't mind gore. I actually prefer, like I like gore like in graphic novels, but uh, to an, to an extent, obviously. But it's not. That's I think it's not even gory. No, it's not. But it's it doesn't hold a... back either. It's not like kiddie, yeah. but it's not like full blown gore fest. It's not like blood splattered everywhere or anything like but, that. It's... But like, I definitely, to your point, I definitely got like. So I have a movie. It's called The Seven Samurai. It's by mm. um, a really well known uh, Japanese director, Akira Kur- Kur- Kurosawa. Yeah, uh, but it's a really old movie, like from the yeah. '30s or '40s. It's Seven black Sam- and white. <laughs> gonna say Seven Samurai. I'm gonna say if you've seen, uh, was it the Magnificent Seven or whatever it is? Yeah, like the yeah, cowboy movie. Kind of like a redo of it's it. It's literally based on that. It's literally the yeah. same movie. <laughs> so like, you've got that idea if you've seen that. But it's like I got that vibe, like you said. I got yeah. When I was reading this, I got a vibe that type of like Seven Samurai wandering like through different villages, c- encountering certain certain things and i can't know, remember the m- villages i and- can't remember the movie but the thing that got me like him wandering it reminded me of movies that my friend had shown me of it, it was a dude who was a ronin traveling about but he pretended to be blind and he fought as if he was blind and like at the very end of the whole thing you find out he isn't actually blind he's actually can see he yeah. just uses his other senses more um, I can't remember the series of it, but like him traveling and just going from place to place and on his journey really made me think of um, Usagi and his tra- travels. Yeah. Because like he literally everyone is a different thing, and there's so many characters that we meet and that are set up that you know are going to come back. Yeah, I think uh, so. Usagi Yujimbo is not actually Usagi's name. No. Usagi Yamamoto. Yamam- what is it? Yamamoto? Uh, Miyamoto Usagi. Miyamoto. That's not, Miyamoto Usagi. So this is Yujimbo, yeah. Yujimbo means bodyguard in Japanese. And I think they actually took that from a Kurosawa movie. Yujimbo. <laughs> or mm-hmm. Yojimbo. So, like, they're definitely paying homage to those old school samurai flicks. 100%. Like samurai culture. They're very accurate. Which, um, shout out to Stan Sakai. I think he is Japanese American. Oh, I, okay. I don't think he's. Japanese don't quote me on that I think he was like he's Japanese descent but born in the states Um, I don't know if you can quickly check that for me Nitro but like he he, uh, he was actually born in Japan oh was he born in Japan I wasn't sure I knew it was either his parents or it was him Um, but yeah so like he's actually born in Japan he was raised by Japanese parents so he grew up on this stuff Mm. this is his culture Um, and he's and FYI he's the writer and artist on pretty much all of the Usagi Yujimbo projects, I don't think anyone else has ever done stuff apart from people doing uh, like variant covers or like re- like drawings of stuff to try and you know to show it off. But as far as I'm aware, like he's the only one that's ever drawn and written the comic, as far as I know. That's awesome. So yeah, like, I'm actually this... on his website right now looking at some of his art. He's so good, dude. Yeah, some of the art is so good, and I'm like, wow, this is so out of my price range, but it's worth the price. You know, I mean, it's one of those ones, like, this stuff's really expensive, but it's worth every penny. Yes. Like, an original piece from Stan Sakai would be amazing. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, I love the book, man. I, again, I think the art really shines, like, when I showed you that one page, when it's given room to breathe. Um, I really like, I, I really liked it, man. I thought it was awesome. Like you said, it was a really quick read. Like, I got through this entire book, and it's not, I mean, it's not, like, thin yeah maybe like an it's... hour maybe an hour maybe yeah i mean it's like it's the size of a normal like graphic novel page wise because yeah. like i think because it's got page numbers on it so like by the end of the book it's like 100 
40, 150 something pages. You know, like some graphic novels, like they flow really good. Mm -hmm. they, they flow fast, you know? And this was one of those that just was like, it was butter, like reading it. It just flew really fast. Oh, yeah. Like I, I wasn't sure at first when I got into the first story, I didn't know what was going to. Uh, well, that's not the right pop up for that. <laughs> what in the world? Okay, apparently Skeets realizes I'm changing his stream elements and is now rebelling against me because that was meant to bring up the link to our indie comic book club stuff and it's actually brought up the link to our socials. He's like, you jerk, how dare you. I'm like, oh dear. Okay, Skeets, all right. I'll get that link for later on. We'll find that in a minute. Um, I was trying to bring it up so people could go and check the book out on Amazon and stuff, but but yeah. I, like, I, I sat down to read this. And the first story, I wasn't sure. Like, I didn't know going in. Like, I had no idea what... I had a basic idea of Usagi Yujimbo, the mm -hmm. story of the Ronin Samurai. He's a rabbit. He's, you know, follows his path of the samurai. I've seen the old samurai movies. I've got an idea yeah. of what I'm in for. I didn't know the world. I didn't know who the characters were. I didn't know what um, Usagi's, like, personality was like. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I went in very tentatively. Mm -hmm. Um to kind of check it out and stuff and to see what it was like and the first story was an interesting introduction to everything yeah but kind of like you as the story start because like i think it's like the second story like it's not even that far in we get like his backstory of like who he used to work for who he was a samurai for and his master and uh, his master dying and um like him becoming a ronin and what happened with that and this story is really intense. Like, there's a lot packed into this. Like, a lot happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot absolutely. of political, like, uh, you know, political, what do you call it, commentary and, and, and back and forth and all that stuff. Sorry, I'm looking for that command to see why it's bringing up the wrong stuff and it's not even popping up with that command. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to find the link and I'm just going to post the link itself. Oh. Come on. Come on, there we go. Alright, my computer's rebelling against me today. I, d Jerk. I don't know why it's doing it, it's just one of those things like it knows something's happening. Alright, Indie Comic Book Club, there we go. Alright, so here's the link for the Indie Comic Book Club. Where you can get Usagi Yujimbo and also check out all the other books that we have um, looked at in the last couple of years at the Indie Comic Book Club. There we go. Link. Years. Oh, well, year, actually, because it was last October we started the club, so yeah. But yeah, like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed the characters. I love that we got um, some reoccurring characters. Like, one of the characters we meet is a last-standing samurai defending, like, the last descendant of this family who's being hunted, but they come back, like, later on. Um, in another story, we get throwbacks to his, as we talked about, he goes to his home village, and we start to learn more about him, and... Uh, his father used to run the town essentially and what happened to his father and his old love interest and all this stuff yeah. but then we also have like random like turns where he basically gets brought on by a bounty hunter dude that's one of the I think that's one of the funniest parts of the whole book so there's this whole there's two whole chapters in this book devoted to this rhino who happens to be a bounty hunter um, so him and him and Yojimbo like get into a fight in this bar <laughs> basically and then he realizes that Yojimbo I can't hear you, Nitro. Your volume just disappeared. Yo. Hey, we're back. <laughs> Dude, brief. 
What happened? I have no clue. I had to restart. Everything was freaking out on me. I have no clue, man. Thank you, Stream Elements, for telling us it was started. Apparently, I didn't turn that notification off. Good grief, dude. I was like, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't even know what to say, because like, the whole point of Indie Comic Book Club is for us to discuss the book together, and I'm like, <laughs> this book was very good. It was good. <laughs> it had a bunny samurai in it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what to say at this point. We barely even started. See, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this or how you know how professional you can feel sometimes crap like that just happens yeah like literally i thought okay well i'll close out my discord and i'll restart it just in case it's something on my side when i did that like i closed out my discord and it wouldn't let me back in i kept clicking on it and it wouldn't open so i had to restart yeah. my whole computer and then like your video thing popped up with your icon but it wouldn't like bring up your video or audio like yeah it wouldn't let me bring my video up so i just I had to restart my computer i don't know what the issue was it's no idea all right Anyway, I don't even know where we were. I think we were. Uh, I think we were talking about the the two funny. Issues yeah, you're talking about the bodyguard. Like literally, you were in the middle of talking about that, and your mic just went. Yeah, so I was saying like I didn't I didn't realize this this book was gonna have that much comedy in it. So the basically there's two. It's kind of almost like a side quest. So there's two chapters in this book that deal with Yojimbo basically eating at this bar, right? This he's drinking some sake, eating some noodles. And this rhino bounty hunter comes in, and they start like going back and forth. <laughs> and then he basically hires him to do a job as a bodyguard. And at the end, they're you know he pays him and stuff like that. And <laughs> like they're they're kind of beginning to be friends at the end of the, the issue. And then the guy walks out of the bar and stiffs him for the bill. <laughs> yeah, he leaves him his bill, so all the money he's just paid him actually pays for the bill there, so he gets nothing out of it. And then, so there's a part two to that at the end of the book, and then Yojimbo I, I, um, ends up doing it back to him. So, it's really funny the way it is. It's, those are really short chapters, but... Uh, They're short, it's but it's a, funny. And it's that's really it. Cool. And that's it. Some of the chapters in this are longer. Like, the one where he goes home, it's like, if you actually read through it, like it's almost like a two-parter. Yeah. And one, there's like two distinct sections to that. Yeah. Um, but in other ones are like literally a few pages and not a lot happens, but the stories are nonetheless like awesome to read and nonetheless like expand upon it yep but yeah I, I really enjoyed it man i thought it was a really cool book uh, like yeah. i said it was a really quick read but it was, it was really cool so yeah so i think there's uh, there's a couple of main points we're not going to go through all 10 of the stories because it's just it's going to be too long just to go through all of them yeah. i feel um but i think there's definitely a couple of major ones i want to hit and then there's a couple that i'm um, you know, just to throw out to like some of our favorites, like we talked about the bodyguard one, but there's a couple of others like that really stand out to us. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the overall. So just to pull back a little bit, so there's an overall, uh, and I don't want to get this wrong, so step in if I mess this up. But um, so the overall, like the setting of the story is Yojimbo, or sorry, Usagi. I keep saying Yojimbo. Usagi is a samurai for a lord. Uh, they're in a battle and one of the people that's fighting with him turns on him and his lord ends up getting killed in the battle so usagi removes his head buries it and he's a, he's now a ronin and the story opens up with him you know stopping at this uh, elderly lady's house for mm -hmm. you know for food and for sleep and he ends up talking to her a little bit he he says i hear there's stories about a troll that lives in the mountain and this is way way in the like not way in the future but in the future far enough 
Um, yeah, it's, like, been, it's been some like time years, right? It's been yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's, talking about, he's talking to her about the uh, the troll that lives in the mountain, and she, you know she kind of laughs it off. And at night, you know, there's a actually let me see if I can find it. So there's a, a picture of um, him sleeping at night, and you see I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this, but over here on this panel, um, you see the troll showing up. Yeah, there we go. Uh, right at the edge of this lady's house. So the troll attacks him, um, and he kills the troll, and it ends up being that guy who betrayed Usagi and his master at the battle. And what had happened was he he went back to the guy who paid him to betray them, and the guy was like, yeah, you know, you're going to be an outcast. We don't want you. Uh, go do what you do. So he kind of went crazy, and he started living up in the mountains, and this was his trying to redeem himself. So that's the setting of this of this whole book mm. and there's a lot of political intrigue in the back a lot of infighting and, and spies and all that stuff and uh it's it's really cool man yeah i don't know if you wanted to take it from there yeah absolutely and i think that's the thing it's a good it's a it's a really interesting introduction to his story because we get so much backstory yeah of who he is why he's our own and why he's traveling himself all this stuff why he doesn't have a master anymore setting up the villain who i cannot see his name for the life of me and i cannot remember yeah. off the top of my head um, yeah, it's like Ikiji. It's like H I K I J I. That's it. Um, it's like it's like the Lord that's the basically overarching enemy of it. Um, who's trying to basically make grabs for power. Um, the next stories that follow on from that as well. Uh, Happy Sunday. I was watching the new episode of Dexter New Blood with my mom. That's why I'm super late. How's it going? Good to see you. Good, Thank man. You for coming in, Chunk. You just missed a whole bunch of technical issues there, so yeah. we're finally back to actually talking about the book now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've finished up. We've, so we've got the backstory of Isagi. We've got the backstory of Hikiji, the villain and the piece. And we really get thrown into it where... And the next story is all about um, a child who's the last member of his family and the samurai protector who's the last standing samurai like all the other samurai that they had are dead yeah uh let me see if i can try to get the names like the child noriyuki who is a panda mm-hmm. um and tomo ame is his um samurai bodyguard from the gaishu clan yeah and basically they were attacked and his family, like his family members, have been killed. So this kid is now like the head of his family, um, and this family's power is basically hanging on whether or not this child lives or dies. His samurai have been wiped out, so they hire Usagi as another bodyguard to assist um, and keep the kid alive. Um, and you actually get a good little the relationship that forms actually between him and Tomo Ame, like just as warriors together is actually really yeah. nice i really like the relationship like a mutual that, respect yeah there's a really nice relationship that kind of appears between them like she doesn't trust him at first like when they first meet like literally they find a hut and they go into it and he's eating he's not even doing anything he's eating <laughs> and she draws a blade on him so she she's draws playing, man. yeah she draws a blade goes to cut him down and he literally catches it above his head yeah, it's so sweet. so sweet he literally he does the, the classic like samurai thing that you see them doing with the catching the blade like between his two hands it's like it's so well done it's so cool and um, but yeah so they end up hiring him because basically they have got this army almost after them all these ninja hunting them down all these other warriors 
to kill the kid for Hikiji. We don't really, we don't find out like outright that it's Hikiji. Like, yeah, it's believed that he's the one behind it because he's trying to amass power and trying to take out other families. But like, it's, but it's one of those things of like it's you know it's it's done behind the scenes, behind closed doors, you know, greasing some palms and like you know letting them, you know, do stuff for some money and so that you can get what you want out of it. Can I say that I love that there are dinosaurs that just are just walking around in some of these panels? These little like, dinosaurs, little, like little baby dinosaurs, it's hilarious. Dude, they're in the front thing. Look, like, <laughs> like seriously, these little dudes are all over the place. I don't know what, they're I don't hilarious. know why, but they just keep showing up. When I first saw it, I was like, "Is that a dinosaur?" <laughs> but yeah, like throughout this whole thing, so this whole story is basically they travel a little bit, they get caught up with somebody. Usagi has to cut them down while Tomoami runs off with a kid and then they travel a little bit again and then it's like it literally just keeps happening to them for like, so long. So one of my favorite pages, it's not a splash page but it's kind of close, is uh, when he encounters some of the ninjas again and we were talking about how it's not super gory but it is definitely graphic. This is an amazing page. Oh so yeah. It goes and swiping left and right across the ninjas and it shows what each stroke does to the ninjas it's so awesome man yeah because and that's the thing as well like tomomi gets injured during it and she gets hurt and he has to like basically leave her somewhere to get help so it ends up becoming by that point it's just usagi on his own with the kid um and it's which actually i think is probably what they kind of copied for if you anyone's seen like the nickelodeon you don't hear me? You guys still hear me on? We are having all sorts of tech issues today. Oh my goodness. And ladies and gentlemen, or guys and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, so just in case Nitro seems to keep having issues with um, Discord, we are now using StreamYard, which thankfully I have access to, thanks to working with Terminus Media and doing the panels there, so hijacking that for a little bit. This is frustrating. But yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what the problem was and what's happening with it and why. I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with my drivers on my computer. I just don't know what. I'm going to have to troubleshoot because uh, it, it's obviously me, so... Yeah, something's going on in your end. I don't know why. Like it cut out. Like I was talking and then it cut out for you, but that's what happened with me as well. Like when you were talking at one point, it mm -hmm. just it cut out in the middle of you talking. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be fine on my end. That might be a problem. My Discord stuff seemed to be okay from what I could tell. Yeah, it's, stream... it's, it's probably my end. My streamlabs are still picking me up and stuff, but yeah. Here we are, guys. So it's all good. It works. We're here. We'll, we'll see if this works. Okay, we're gonna probably try and hit some of the major points of this, and we're probably gonna wrap. Yeah. Um, a bit earlier on this just because of the tech issues we don't want to try and drag it out and risk more yep um, but yeah so from what I was saying so we're protecting uh, the kids from the Genshi family um, Usagi is on his own at this point defending against him and I actually think this is probably the inspiration um, for part of the crossover that happened if anyone has seen like the Nickelodeon Teenage Ninja Turtles the 3D one there's like a three-part animated uh, journey with Usagi hmm. in that, where he's protecting a child. Oh, okay. There's basically like the kid he's to take care of and watch over, and that's his, you know, job for during it. 
Um, and I think that's part of it. I think that's possibly part of the inspiration and stuff like this story. At least I see a lot of it in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that nicely comes back kind of later on for him. Yeah. Um, in the next story where he basically gets attacked and Tomo Ame finds him and actually brings him to the kid who's Noriyuki, who's now like running his family and stuff. Yeah. Um, and we see a little bit there, although we do get hints of there's a bit of under the table dealing going on between like um, one of the people working for him and uh, like Lord Hebby. Another cool and... shot uh, when she rescues Usagi is when she's coming in on the horse. Like it's like it starts over here where it's like she's like really tiny and then she gets bigger and bigger. And then there's this huge <laughs> splash uh, image of her like just going nuts on the horse it's awesome yeah it's a really really cool story um there's a lot of great artwork and then following that we get a lot of kind of like side quests and stuff like you said a lot of them are kind of one and done shots like we get the story of the horse thief mm-hmm. where basically he steals a horse from a horse thief and then shows his not so characteristically good side by trying to lie about where he got the horse from so he can sell it yeah because um, basically, like he says to them, "Oh yeah, I've had this horse for years, and it's like it's always served me really well." And it turns out the guy he's trying to sell it to is the guy it was originally stolen from, and so he ends up with all these people hunting after him. Uh, all these people like end up chasing after him to try and get this horse back. Which I love the fact that like he ends up like passing it off to people at the very end to get rid of it essentially Dude, he gives it he gives it to these old people who are trying to pull this cart and then he starts laughing about it <laughs> but uh sorry just going back to one of the bounty hunter stories i was talking about the art and when it's given room to breathe this is yeah. probably my favorite panel in the whole book like the amount of work that this took just to ink this yeah. is incredible it's incredible yeah it's incredible but then the horsey that's the thing that makes that one a funny one and like he gives it to this old couple who are struggling to pull their weight but the reason he goes off laughing is because the reason they're struggling is because the magistrate took their pack horse from them so the horse the magistrate was hunting usagi for actually was originally there that's so funny dude. so he gives it to them and he just walks off laughing uh then we get one of my stories that i really enjoyed after this was the next one was um usagi like right off the bat comes across a creature mm-hmm um, and basically he goes hunting after the creature and goes to the nearby town where he finds a dude who's like lost his marbles yeah and he's making statues for everyone that's been taken and it turns out like this person ocho i says her name is um who's new to the town talks to him about it and it turns out ocho was actually a shapeshifter and she is the creature mm-hmm. and she's been hunting people so again just cool little side quest cool little yeah stories about it nothing amazing like one again, of the cool aspects of that sh- of that story is he's he's in her hut um talking to her over like some some noodles or whatnot and he pulls a sword out and the reflection in the sword is the creature but it's looking at her and that's how he knows it's it's really cool the way they yeah that. it's it's so well done it's so so well done i thoroughly enjoyed that story i love the setup for it i love the time for it and but yeah, there's a lot of side quests and stuff that does feel really amazing, though. Like, yeah. Um, we get the quiet meal where, like, literally, he's just <laughs> sitting eating food, and this like 
brash party who are like demanding more sake and getting themselves <laughs> drunk and picking fights. It almost feels like a Pixar short. It's like a little five minute, like ah, this is funny type story. But it's yeah, hilarious. like he he literally doesn't move. Like they start like specifically like throwing people out. They throw the owner out and everything, and getting up and everyone's growling and like, and he just doesn't move. Yeah, he just sits and he eats and he eats and he eats and he eats. <laughs> and then like one of them comes up to them and he just pulls, lifts up his blade and like slash 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 slash. And they're like, what did you do? Like, I was waiting for his clothes to fall off or something. Yeah. And it's like, and then it's like the end scene of it. It's like that. It's like, what? It's like, ha, you didn't touch me. You missed every shot. And it's like, that fly's been cut in half. And that one. And that so one. So that one. And that one. And that one. And <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll just leave. Now, this, the story that came after that, though, is probably one of my favorites from this book. Yes. Yes. It was really one really of my. Cool one of the most intriguing characters that we meet in this and who I would love to read another uh, volume of this and find out more about this character and see him make a comeback. Blind Eno. Blind Eno, who is a blind pig Ronin, kind of. It's Dr. Like Eno is his name, I think. Yeah. It's like Eno who... He's blind and like he keeps saying it to himself. He just he's looking for some place just to settle. He's looking for somewhere just to live his life and just not worry about anything. Uh, he relies heavily on his nose, on his snout, for his sense of smell. Zatoichi is the movie you were thinking about, by the way. Oh, Zatoichi, is that it? okay? Yeah, like I knew I was thinking about like a blind swordsman sort of thing. Like I I remember being shown. I yeah. could not remember the name of it at all. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which again, blind swordsman very much heavily came into this one, and yep. so he wanders into this town thinking it's fine. Ends up, hey, that's blind Dino. That's a guy that like massacred all these people. Let's kill him and get the bounty on him. And then it cuts to like Usagi coming into town, and like the town's just like been massacred. Mm-hmm. It's been destroyed. It's on fire. It's like people are dead, and. While he's on his travels, like Usagi leaves the town, keeps wandering through, and finds Blindino in a hole. Because obviously he's blind, he fell in the hole. And <laughs> um, and he basically helps him out of it and they start talking to each other and just they start to become really good friends. Like he basically realizes, like, hey, um, you know, just trying to find a place to settle and like and starts telling him about his ability and what he can understand now that he's mm-hmm. blind and it's so funny because you see like Usagi trying to like catch a fish and he ends up bringing a turtle back for food and Eno's there with like five, six fish all cooking over the fire and just showing off his amazing ability. And, and then he heads off on his own and gets attacked the next day. And Usagi gets to see him putting his stuff into his abilities into practice and sees him basically murder these people. Mm-hmm. They came after him. He he massacres them. Yeah, and one of them drops an outlaw poster, and he realizes that Blindy knows the person that did that destruction to the village. And he's like, "You killed an innocent village." And he's like, "Look, I'm just trying to live alone in peace. You people just won't leave me alone." And Isagi's like, "Okay, you need to be brought to justice, though. Yeah, for what you did. I can't just let you walk away from that." And the two of them square off, and probably the most like samurai movie scenes in the whole. Yes, thing. yes. Like this setup, this fight is like just beautiful. 
the side, so the side, stunning. the side profile shot, and them running at each other. Yeah, they run, and then you get the the classic run and slash maneuver. Yes, and you realize that Usagi is hit, you know, but you don't know what he's done at first, and he's actually cut off his nose, and that was his super ability, basically. And he's basically like, "I'm not taking your life, but I've removed what made you a useful warrior. Stand down. Yeah, you're no longer a threat. Just stand down." And it's like he's like, "You've done worse than killing me." And it's yeah. like, "I don't want your help. I don't want anything from you. I'm going to hunt you and kill you." And the story actually ends with uh, two months later. It says on it that he actually goes to like a woodcarver. Mm-hmm. And gets them to carve him like a wooden snout to help him reuse his ability. And we see him like slashing one of those dinosaur creatures like twice in the neck <laughs> and killing it so that he can ensure that he's going to go after him. And so I'm like, we don't see this character again in this volume. So I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. really intrigued to see him show up again. Yeah, I want to see more of this dude. He's a beast. I'm no like, pun intended. So- that was one of my favorite stories in this. I thoroughly enjoyed it so much. Um, and then, do we want to talk about Homecoming then? Because it was the two-part one, and this was kind of like the major story yeah. for the whole thing. I'm trying to remember the plot of that one. Like, Yeah, because basically Homecoming, uh, the plot of it is uh, them dealing with a bunch of samurai coming to his right. hometown. Um, who are moles, which is an which interesting. I love. I love. Choice. That was. There's a lot of ninja movies where they have these claws on their hands and mm-hmm. they look like spikes on like Freddy Krueger type stuff. But the fact that these moles are ninjas and they have those and they use them is hilarious. <coughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's it's done so well as it's not something I ever would have thought of. But basically, like these moles are stealing all. This stuff, all this food from a nearby village, and have a child with them. And Usagi, of course, steps in, takes them out, or takes out one of them, and it's like they all start to line up at him and they all poof away using smoke pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see members of the village starting to show up. To, they've been hunting them down. And Usagi says, Mariko, <laughs> the love of his life, the girl that got away, the one he grew up with. And we see a little bit of a peek in the past of a little bit of flirting between them and stuff like that. Yeah. Which you think is absolutely wrecked by the kid that he just saved going, mother! Dude, it's hilarious. Because he, he like he's playing with her, like he's physically playing with her, and then he ends up falling on her, and they're face-to-face and laughing, and then the next scene is the kid running and saying, mother! <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, so it's like him and then so we've got Mariko and then Kenshi, who is her husband mm-hmm. and the father of the son, and who does not like Usagi, an old friend slash rival of Usagi's from the town, and um, who yeah he is does not like Usagi at all. He so 100% he percent hates us. Ba- so just a little backstory: Usagi's father was the magistrate of this town, mm-hmm. and when Usagi's father was killed. Uh, by I can't remember who by but when Yusaki's father was killed uh, they basically demanded that Kenshi fill the role so Kenshi is now the the magistrate of this little town and Kenshi hates Usagi. <laughs> yeah and uh, the person that killed him was Haikiji 
It was oh, the that's right. That's that was right. coming back around. He actually struck down Usagi's father. Which I love um, that they don't show his face. Yeah. It's like they strike him down and put Kenshi in charge basically to follow orders. And he's like hated Usagi since they were kids. And basically tells him, like, we'll give you a room for the night as a thanks for saving my son. But after that, get out. Yeah, leave. After that, you're done. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Sure. Um, so yeah, and he basically tells him that and is like, and asks him, what's your intentions here? Mm -hmm. like, to come to my father's grave and show respects. So you're going to begrudge me that? And it's like, no. But that's it. That's basically it. You see your father's grave and you get out. And then you bounce. Yeah. You know, and Mariko thanks him as well for like helping with the ninjas, but basically tells him, look, they're not your problem. They're our problem. Mm -hmm. So what she responds, like, you kind of forget this is my home this is where i came from this is you know you people are family mm -hmm. whether or not you want to admit it or agree with it you're family and <laughs> um, to which of course they get attacked again the kid gets pinched again like this kid is like the classic trap of like this kid <laughs> is going to keep getting kidnapped the der and um, but yeah, so the kid actually like bites the mole and fights out, and Usagi saves him and cuts him down again. And Kenshi just... puts together a group of people to basically go after them because while they were dealing with him, a bunch of the other moles snuck in, stole food, mm -hmm. and have escaped. And Usagi basically says, "I'll help. Yeah, put me on the team. I'll come and help with you." Which I love as well when they're heading out to where they believe the moles have gone to. We get the little flashback of them as kids. Yes. Which is freaking adorable. Of um, basically Kenchi getting stitched up by Usagi. Um, he says, I bet I can pick more of these mushrooms than you. And it's like, oh yeah. Um, and they're like, okay, well, fine. It's the first person to catch that dinosaur gets to keep it as a pet. <laughs> like, fine. It's like, haha, I've trapped it. I've got it in a cave. And he lets Kenchi run into the cave after <laughs> it. And as soon as he grabs it, it's like, there's it's like, like a whole family of them. Like 50 million of these things all stop chasing them. And I love the fact he even says to Kenji, Kenji's like, look, there's nowhere around here for them to go. Where would they take the food? And he says, you're kind of forgetting that there's a cave around here. Yeah. And he just glares at him as he remembers <laughs> the cave. You dummy. Yeah, so they hop, they basically find the cave and they, they fight those mole ninjas, right? Mm-hmm. And they get the food back for the village, and there's like kind of like at the end of the uh, at the end of the issue, there's kind of like this uh, flashback of Usagi and what's her name again? And Mariko. Mariko, that's right. About when they were younger, and they you know they were in love and all that stuff. And um, Usagi had given her a blade. He had cut part of her hair off so he could remember her, um, and he had given her the blade. Uh, it was like a notched blade. And the episode ends or the issue ends with uh, it's like a split panel. So this side of the panel is Usagi and this side of the panel is Marie Mariko. And it shows them basically disrobing part of their outfit. And Usagi takes his uh, top top knot like wrap off. And in the wrap is that lock of hair. So he's been carrying it with her the whole time. And then Mariko pulls out uh, that knife that had been wrapped up that she carries on her at all times. So it was, it was a cool little like. It's pretty emotional, like little impact there at the end of that issue. Yeah, it was really emotional and really sweet, and 
obviously it's kind of like the standout of the book, like along with like kind of finding out the stuff of how he became a Ronin. It's one of the most important chapters in here. A lot of the stuff is very side questy, like you said, not in a bad way. Not yeah. complaining about it in the least. The stories are amazing, but at the same time, it's like this is very much the crux of it because this is one of the big stories of we find out about Usagi. Yeah. We find out about his life. We find out where he came from. Why isn't he just back home? Why isn't he there? What happened with you know the love of his life that you know she's now married and gone off and like with someone else and they're living their life while he's been a Ronin, but he, they never forget each other. And yeah, there's this emotional tie to it. We also get the emotional crux of Hikiji who killed his master mm-hmm. um, via the proxy of the guy who betrayed him, like also as the man who struck down his father. Yeah. And there's also still making a power play for people that Usagi is connected to, so you know he's going to come back as a reoccurring villain, a reoccurring story for it. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this book. It was such a cool, and like you said, it was, it was really fun. It was such a cool and fun read, man. It was really fun. Like, the character development in it is so good. It is so well done. Like, you fall for the character. Some of these characters you only see for an issue or two mm-hmm. of 10. But yet you really like connect with him. I really connected with Usagi. I thought he was a brilliant protagonist. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed following his journey. Mm-hmm. Really wanted to see more of his journey. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy the old school samurai stuff and these old samurai movies and ninja movies, like it's it's literally that in a comic. If you love that stuff, you'll love this. 100%. I'm interested in getting book two, man. I wanna I wanna continue it. Yeah, I want to see where it goes from here. It's one of the comics like. You know it's a good comic when not only have you enjoyed reading it, but you're like, I need to get the next one. Like Adam, like when we picked up like Lock and Key, for example, and stuff like that is, you know, or like Spencer and Lock or some of these other books that we've covered. Like the ones that have made you like, I need to see what happens next. Yeah, I need to see how the story goes from here. Um, and this is very much one of those. And I have to give that full credit to the book and to Stan Sakai because I did not think it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be a must-read book. I didn't think it was going to be, I need to know what happens in Usagi's life following this. Yeah. But I 100% do. I 100% want to find out what happens next. I 100% want to see what what we do from here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I want to I wanna read the second book. I, already add, I just added it to my, my wish list. <laughs> no, I don't blame you, dude. It's, it is, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's I thoroughly enjoyed this. It would be highly recommended. Yeah. If you are, are a fan of the samurai type of storytelling or a samurai themed storytelling and and you're a fan of geek culture, you you need to do yourself a service and, and read this. It's really good. Yeah, go and check it out. Absolutely. I want to say should I get the link to share again? Through that in chat. So the link I'm putting in there is for our indie comic book club list, Amazon wish list that I've got. Um, it's a wish list that's made up of all the indie comic book club entries from when we started with Lock and Key back last October all the way through to Saki Yujimbo. Um, so definitely go and check that list out, pick this up for yourself, and we'll do our next one back in the new year. This is our last one for the year. Yeah, man. One of our last shows for the year. I kind of can't believe Um Next week is going to be a little bit different again. Um, let me do a screen share if I can. Can I make that full screen? No, that's as big as we're going to get, apparently. Okay. 
I'm sure you can make this full screen so we can see it better. Anyway, but yeah, so we did our and their um, Christians in Comics and Animation panel last month, and it was a massive success. Uh, we are going to be doing them less frequently. I think we're looking at every four to six months, probably. Uh, we were going to do them a lot more regular than that, so Terminus went ahead and started booking the next one for this month. So it's already in place. So next week we are going to be back at one o'clock uh, doing Christians in Comics and Animation and talking to a whole bunch of uh, new creators. Mm -hmm. Some of them, again, are friends of ours that we have talked to before. Some of them are brand new. Um, talking to the likes of Al Nickerson, creator of Sword of Eden, a former Marvel creator. Uh, Louis Serrano, uh, creator of another Samson comic. Apparently Samson's doing pretty big rounds in the Christian comic world. Um, but he's also uh, one of the content creators over at Christian... Was it Christian Community and Arts, I believe it's called? Don't quote me on that. I should have double-checked that name. Um, then we also have, of course, Brandon Hollingsworth, along with his partner from Brainy Pixel, are going to be on the channel. Brandon, who's a long-time friend of the channel. You guys know him. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I, uh, Ivan Anaya, uh, the creator, along with Brainy Pixel from Mercyway Studios, that done Chronicles of Faith David and done a lot of amazing Christian comics over there. Um, and then, of course, Mark Stance is going to be showing up from Terminus Media itself because um, it's the release date of Dominion, Follow the House of Salt, Volume 1. <clears throat> um, and he is going to be on talking along with an amazing TikTok sensation who's uh, really blew up in TikTok for her uh, alternative curse words um, videos. But she is actually doing the Dominion Bible study right now. Um, nice. and doing an online thing for that so they're going to be on presenting that um, and massive shout out to them as well and um, i've not even told nitro this so this is nitro's intro to this our comic book club is going to be back in february and it's actually going to be dominion follow the house of saw volume one we are going to go in depth nice. into that and they are actually sending us out copies of that for us to do on the show and talk nice. about so we're going to um get to talk about that and I know we've done reviews and stuff and talked a little bit with Baron about it on the show, um, but we're going to get to actually properly delve into the comic itself. That's awesome, man. Um, so make sure you guys head over to the Terminus, uh, terminusmedia.com, check that out, get that for yourself, and pick up your copy. Um, I think we're beyond the date of it being there by Christmas, so if you're looking for a Christmas gift, that date's kind of sh um, gone. But go ahead and pick it up for yourself, though. Yeah. Dust the Elysian Tail that I think I'm going to play and finish now. Nice chunk. Sounds like a cool game. If it's anything like Usagi Yujimbo, yeah, definitely go and play it again. It's worth it. Um, but yeah, so we are going to be talking to some of these amazing creators again next week. It's going to be awesome. Um, so that's going to be fun. Uh, further this week as well, though, uh, Jay will be back tomorrow night playing some Bioshock 2. Um, as she started that last week, I should be back on Tuesday morning with some more playthrough of Batman Arkham Asylum. And then Nitro should be back on Tuesday evening, I believe. And what are yep. you doing this week, Nitro? Uh, it's either going to be nice Fallout or I'm going to be working on some shoes. So one of the two. Nice. So if you caught it last week, Nitro was doing some of his shoe artwork. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Some very cool, very interesting stuff happening there. Or come back and watch him try to survive an apocalyptic wasteland, which is pretty hysterical, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I know nothing about that game, so I'm learning as I go, and it's hilarious because we've had a lot of new people pop into chat, a lot of people that are huge Fallout fans that have never been to our channel before, and they're like, why are you playing? <laughs> and I'm like, 
Yeah, it was like you could tell, like, yeah, this is a newbie to this. This is not someone who's played the Fallout games before. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got some amazing stuff happening. And then, of course, um, as I said, the following Sunday, two weeks' time, we will be doing our Spider-Man No Way Home review. Dude, I'm so pumped um, for that movie. Which is going to be our wrap-up for the year into January. Um, so make sure you do not miss these. Make sure you do not miss out on hanging out with us in those dates. Uh, let me quickly pull up twitch and see who we can go and raid yeah but it's been but yeah it's been good um i thoroughly enjoyed it i wish we could have given it more time to talk about the book today just yeah. obviously with the technical issues like i if i could have read it a, a one more time i feel like i would have had more to say but like i feel like it's a pretty straightforward book like other than th there's some of the plot elements that like can get kind of like pretty deep with the political stuff and yeah. the spying and all that stuff. But it was mainly just an introduction to all the characters and a setting of the tone of the, of, of the series, I think. It's very... These 10 chapters are very simple. Yes. Very enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like, and Because I say simple, and it's, it's very easy to think of, like, simple as childlike or childish or not something that's worth picking up. And that by no means is what I mean in the least. I do not mean that at all. Like it is a very, very enjoyable um comic. It's a very enjoyable story. Yeah. I, I have found myself having so much fun. What should we kind of do? Um having so much fun and uh, reading this book. I have not enjoyed a book like this in that way where I could just sit down and just read it and it was just like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, one hundred percent it's it's well worth checking out and as, i'm sorry if i've not put it across to you guys well in this way i feel like this is one of the shows that just went off the rails with technical issues <laughs> but to be fair this is probably the worst technical issues we've had in quite some time so a very very long time um so uh, you know it happens it's one of those things but i hope you guys all showed up and you girls as well not to be sexist how dare you there. how um, dare you I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the show today. I hope you had fun with it, and I hope you'll go and check out Usagi Ujimbo for yourself. It is well worth it. But you all have an amazing day, and remember, it is a good week to be a geek, and we will see you all soon. Take Adios. care. Oh. 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 Oh.